Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with. And we're back. And we're back. That's today's episode. That's the... <laughs> if you don't know what that is, yeah. get your head on straight. That's right. Get and your and head if, you, on if you don't know what it is for reals, Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. So we are reapproaching this movie because it is way better than I remembered, and I liked it a lot on first pass right second it's incredibly timely for now and i'm gonna get to that (laughs) i know where you're going with that (laughs) well there's multiple reasons why it's timely now i'll I'll try to get to those quickly and then the third thing is i just don't think that horror fans so we we run you know we there's there's a lot of people on uh the various social media platforms and like whatever and I, i don't know that i've ever in four years of doing it i don't know that i've ever seen anyone post anything substantive about mars attacks from the horror field right yeah like you'll see like this year was released and those posts get a lot of love and like whatever but or randomly one of the the martians right but like literally just today i saw ryan turk get into a twitter thing with someone else and they had mentioned that they had this theory about halloween and michael myers and he was like oh that sounds really intriguing i want to hear it and i was like i want to hear it too but i'm not ryan turk so i don't get to it's like they took it offline but the the point is like every day i'll come across like a horror person with a theory about this or a great take on this whatever and never from mars attack and we are going to change that right now because this movie deserves it dude i'm coming from hopefully that's the angle you're coming from (laughs) i totally agree the angle i'm coming from is i remember always loving this movie Mm -hmm. and Actually, uh, uh, this movie has a lot of memories ingrained from like just like being out and around. Like I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit too. Sure, I'll explain that. Sure, like, this movie's so like right way better than I remember. But it's like, and I, when I started this movie, sorry, just real quick. When I started this movie, I was like, maybe I'm off base. Maybe it's great, but maybe it's. I mean, it's too light. Obviously, it's if you're thinking of it in any kind of horror terms, it's a horror comedy. But, right, right. But there are really legit horror comedies, right? Some of the best movies in the entire field are comedies, mm-hmm. right? So. Whether it's what we do in the shadows or Shaun I think of that's the, the problem. Or, with this movie is no one knows where to like classify it because it's aliens and Martians, right? And but, it's also got the sci-fi part, exactly. Right, so, right. right. But the, I was like, I was like, I'm going to turn this movie on, and I'm like, maybe it's not horror enough. And oh, as soon as it comes on, I see a flaming herd of dying cows running at me, and I'm like, horror. You know what's great. Fine. I've seen I've seen this movie. I forgot to start. I've seen this movie a ton of times, mm-hmm. like growing up. I never remember that opening scene. <laughs> right. Like I completely forgot. It's horrifying, and I forgot that. Like it's such a random right. opening. And there scene. is a lot of animal de- abuse and death. It's not it. for real, but yeah, but a lot of animals get it. Birds are apparently public enemy number one for the for the aliens. So it's it's. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not telling you that this movie is Evil Dead remake or whatever. It's not, but it has enough horror to qualify. <laughs> For, for our purposes, especially with all the homages to other things. And right. and my personal MVP for character who steals the show, which I, I'm dying to get to because I want to hear yours. But wait, let's walk through this first. Okay. Hit me. Uh, Where do you want to start? Dude, well, the opening scene, the music. 
this movie this movie has gotten better like i remember always liking it and i was a little scared going back to it like there's like some like wonky cgi but like it's so stylistic it doesn't even matter it doesn't matter uh but like this movie like just grew me like 10 times mm-hmm. and part of that is uh i started listening to old school movie soundtracks mm-hmm. and the one that i love the most like when halloween comes around the very first song i listen to is bernard herman's day the earth stood still mm-hmm. and when i like i've never like really listened to mars attack or watched mars attack thinking consciously about danny mm-hmm. elfman's music but i did this time and it's just like it's just bernard herman yeah and it's, it's bernard and herman it's, and forbidden planet dude like, it's so good like the opening scene, like the sound design in this movie, just the the score, and then like yep. those little alien, like the, I, I call them the sci-fi bleeps and bloops. Mm-hmm. Whenever those start going, I'm like, I'm sold. Like I'm totally. Like I love cheesy sci-fi. And they're sci-fi. done perfectly. Like throughout the whole movie, even the foley work they did. Um, when the kid's wheeling his grandma back to the record player, it's a really mm-hmm. quiet scene. So mm-hmm. all you're hearing is like the sound effects are pulling, and it makes it sound like such a dead, dumpy zone. No mm-hmm. one wants to live. Like. Oh. This movie that's per- such a great point. This I movie didn't is so catch good. that, but that's oh wait, it's it's, and that's the thing is, and and it, it, it there's a tinge of sadness to this with me because I can't even remember the last time I saw a Tim Burton movie I enjoyed that I didn't see the eyeball painting one. The that was terrible. So yeah. I, I, you know, it's it's so sad that he's uh, wandered or strayed or whatever, and that's fine. And he's given us more than enough. Like he's earned his go, right, go, right, yeah. you know, do what you're gonna do, landscaping, whatever he's doing now, but. <laughs> But 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 it's just when he was at the height of his game, when he was putting out Sweeney Todd and Sleepy Hollow and this kind of stuff, that it was just there was nothing like him. Well, the let's only start thing there. that the only thing like him is David Lynch. Not that they're like each other, but just as phenomenon. Right. But I think I think that's a good place to start is with Tim Burton himself, and it actually brings me to uh, a quote from the movie because like this is a, this is a fun like cheesy sci fi film, mm-hmm. and I was trying to ask myself like. Like, what is this, like, like stupid film school question. Like, sure. like what is this movie about? <laughs> right. And Or what is this movie trying to do? Exactly. Right. The only thing that stood out to me, the, the whole film, is when uh, the army dude is going to meet, greet the Martians. Mm-hmm. And he calls his wife up on the phone. And he, he wrote this down because this stuck out like a sore thumb. I it love was, his character. It was, honey, uh, I told you if I just stay in place and never speak up, <laughs> good things are bound to happen. And he just keeps marching to his death. I just, that totally struck me like, too because him and Jack Black were both headed for certain. But doom. does that kind of remind you of a certain director who hasn't done anything that's shaken anything up? Who? Tim Burton. Oh yeah. Oh. You compare yeah. this kind of style oh, and all the cool shit he used yeah. to do to like the stuff he's doing now. I mean, he's Paul Winfield now. Yeah, Come a, on. a little bit. <laughs> he saw his and like own that's future. fine. Like everyone's that's got all, their own. Yeah, you know, like, we're, not, we're not saying like. Here's, well, we're here to glorify here's him right what I'm saying. What do we got to do to make him do it? <laughs> he might not be capable. Because I got swiddled I mean, into going to Beetle House for my birthday. Yeah. That sucked. It's so I, mean, like, he, I feel like you owe us. He may not be capable of it, man. I mean, you 2 hasn't put out good music in two decades. So but they're putting out music. <laughs> so here, but here's the thing. I just want to I I, I touch on this real quick because this might feel a little random, and I just want to get out of the way why... Right. I feel like there's some relevance relevance crept in here and then we'll let's just go to town, right? But like it blew my I knew that I was gonna I was gonna hone in on the Jack Nicholson president character, and I know that you knew that I was gonna hone well, in on it, right? Because of that I ended up doing it too. Right. Well, and because so we're as we're recording this, who knows who knows when you're listening to this, but as we're recording this, we're kind of in the height of the the coronavirus pandemic. It's it's late April. Today is our marks our sixth week in quarantine. Six week in quarantine here in in Los Angeles. So you know we're you're watching all the weird stuff that's that's going on, whatever. Um, 
Uh, President Trump just gave a, a briefing today where he suggested uh, injecting bleach into lungs to cure them. Like it's it's madness, right? So like when we're until it works, until it works, as we're sitting here, uh, you know, talking about this, I, I'm watching this movie, and I knew the Jack Nicholson president character was going to resonate with kind of the time because right. I've been getting into disaster movies lately. I'm finding them comforting somehow, right? Like see that. like them or ants or like swarm. I just watched that the swarm from like the 70s or 80s or whatever that, that was you the, were streaming? the B movie. So yeah, so we I mean there's been a lot of you know disaster like whatever but and watching societies but this movie is accurate to how society handles disasters. First of all, that's scary. It was pretty it was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty a little on the nose. The ran, yeah, it's so random and the way that like people are the press secretary who's Martin Short playing the press secretary so is, is so good in this. And he's, he's doing kind of what's happening from like the press, the press pool, press secretary of, of the, of the country, but whatever I don't, because this is the boring part, but I want to, I just want to tell you like what I was not prepared for was how incredible the egotism of the president as Jack, Jack Nicholson, my favorite moment in here was, when he gives an address to the nation announcing that we've discovered alien life and he's telling for the, the country that, yeah. yeah. And he's like, there have been many amazing things that have happened to me in my life, graduating from Harvard and marrying my wife, but we've discovered aliens. This is going to be, this ranks right up there with, with those for over. So nation enjoy. Like it was all about him. Right. <laughs> like it started from the lens of him and then right. never got out of the lens of him. And I'm like, wow, that sounds really familiar. But the thing that I wasn't prepared for was the gaslighting. That is what really struck me. And it wasn't coming from the president character. It was coming from the Martians. The mm. Martians were like, we come in peace. Oh, yeah. When they're attacking people, like, do not panic. Do not, we, do not we run. Are your, we are your friends. <laughs> we, are, we are your friends. And I was like, I'm a big proponent of the Spielberg's War of the Worlds. I think it's a legit horror movie. I mm -hmm. think it's way better than a lot of horror fans give it credit for. Um, and I've always thought it was one of my favorite, like, secret. I think this movie is more terrifying than War of the Worlds because if an alien species attacked us and instead of Independence Day or just hovering ominously over, if they came down, they, they, they asked to address Congress in this movie. They were like, they, went. They, were like we, they issued an apology. They were like, we feel so bad. And then they came and they just wiped out Congress. Like... Like a gaslighting species is the most terrifying concept I can think of, right? Because we live in a big gaslighting era now. We know how right. undermining and and bad that kind of like is and what mm -hmm. it does to your psyche. But watching an all-powerful alien race do it on a large scale, I was just like, wow, this is incredible. The cartoonish violence. Amazing. It's really funny. And I like at the end how like when people die it's, it's kind of silly because they either turn into those like really killer looking red or green, <laughs> green skeletons but i like how comical they get at the end where they're like bowling with the East bowling for Easter Island. <laughs> oh that was amazing the Taj Mahal and, and the, like, the washington bowl. monument they're like toying with it with the with the spaceship trying to like get it to tip a certain direction like that stuff is amazing dude this whole movie like even the cat dude like i was sort of writing down the cast because i was like i couldn't believe how many great actors and i started thinking like how many films has Tim Burton been or directed where there isn't a great cast? Right. And for our Patreon supporters, we're doing a, a bonus episode of this. It's about 30 minutes long where we just read the cast list. Forwards and backwards. <laughs> I mean, we go the, to the right. Who isn't in this movie? Every time I would, it would turn around, someone else was showing up Dude, and they were being incredible. Then close. Natalie Portman, Jack Nicholson, Martin Short, Pierce Brosman, Jim Brown, Pam Greer, Annette Benning, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Danny DeVito. 
Jack Black. <laughs> I ran out of yeah, breath. Yeah, you're, and you're not even a third of the way there. I mean, there's, um, it's, it's incredible. And and can we talk just for a second about, because I want to rank the supporting. I, actually, there's no main characters. So just I just want to rank the characters. Like, who stole this movie for you? And who didn't? Like, I have my least favorite and the least interesting character, and then I have the one that my secret MVP think, who stole this movie. I think the person who stole the movie for me was uh, Jack Black as Art Land. Jack Black. Oh, no, sorry, not Jack Black. Sorry, Jack Nicholson. Oh, Jack, yeah. Jack Nicholson oh, as the other, yeah. As the casino owner. Yep. Every time he came, like, because, like, I was, I was watching it, and I would send out some emails and, like, kind of, like, mm-hmm. go back and forth. But every time, like, I heard him doing that voice, mm-hmm. I was like, all my eyes are on him. It's amazing. I think the best character in this movie, and I think even Tim Burton knew it because he ended on it, was Jim Brown. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think he was absolutely incredible, and he was such an intimate. He was just voted the greatest NFL player of all time in the NFL's like top hundred countdown for wow. the hundredth anniversary. And he was a monster. If you look at highlights of him, he was unstoppable. And I'll never forget, I was watching one highlight of like an entire team trying to tackle him and him just dragging eight people into the touchdown. And the announcer goes, it's a man among boys. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. It's a man among he was boys. just demolishing everybody. And then that scene where he's punching the Martians, where he challenges oh, them to the thing. And, then, and I'm watching, and he just grounded the movie. Him and Pam Gurr gave the movie like actual emotion, like things to actually care about. And they made the ridiculousness not like they always it's like a recipe where you leaven it you know they 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 were it couldn't work without them you could almost you could almost like layer the movie uh with like the relationships but it gets sillier the higher up you go Mm -hmm. so like they're like the base Mm -hmm. then you would go to the like the hillbilly family Mm -hmm. because then it gets a little sillier yeah and danny devito's are the other end of the most ridiculous yeah and then you would go up to like Art Land and his mm-hmm. wife, and then President. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so Where my, it gets like but so they're the best character, but they're not my steal the show character. I almost wanted to say Martin Short because I am, <sighs> I have never thought Martin Short. I've never thought of him as a, any kind of legitimate actor. I just thought of him as funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, there is a moment in this movie when he's hitting on Lisa Marie um, when Who's he invites Ichabod her into Crane's the White, White House. Never knew that. Wait, so so he was he's hit. Well, not that's not even the right way to put it. He's he's what he's doing is appalling. But whatever he's 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 uh, he, he him and him and Lisa Marie are, are talking, and he looks at her and he narrows his eyes for a second in the most evil way. It's when he's in the car and he invites her into the White House. And I got a chill from Martin Short. I was like, what's happening? The nightmare man. <laughs> what's happening? But if you go back and you watch it, he is he is looking at her like lunch. And it's terrifying. And I don't know how he like I, he nailed it. Like it was incredible. But my MVP for this movie is Lisa Marie. She was incredible. She is a hidden scream queen. I had no idea that this is the same person that was in Lords of Salem. Or in We Are Still Here, the Barbara Crampton masterpiece that that I love uh, with a passion. She is like secretly doing amazing horror movies under the radar that I didn't. Go ahead. Ichabod. Her, no, no, her. Well, yeah, she played Ichabod Crane's mom right. in Sleepy Hollow. I didn't right. know that. Right. 
But her scene in particular, particular always made me feel like the grossest because of mm-hmm. she because she moved so unnatural. I was like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. She's never weird. And then the mm-hmm. finger biting part, like that that scene's always she was actually scary. And the dispassionate way she was just evaluating things, like when she bit his finger off, and he's like my finger, and she's like just like doing that that raptor that Jurassic cool, Park. That effect is really cool when her face peels back it, and it's lit from inside. And you like, can see the little Martian jaw. Oh my god! It was all of that was amazing, but just. That sequence was legitimately it was first of all it was it was it was terrifying, not in a horrible way, but just like in the in the cheesy sci-fi way that Tim Burton was going for. But right, right, right. She, but I, you know, just it was like the Bride of Frankenstein effect. She's just in the movie for a minute. And, yeah. she, and every time I Google it, she's the poster. Like, she's on the poster, like, with all the modern posters for this movie or, cool. or Blu-ray releases or whatever. Because people must have picked up that, like, that is just an iconic when it comes to moment. When it comes to, like, the horror, horror parts mm-hmm. of Mars Attack, that scene always made me feel really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Nicholson's death as the president. Yep. That scene when the hand when that I and I remember when I would watch it when I was young like I would brace myself because the handshake scene was coming up and yep. it always freed it's just the way that shit sure. crawls around him and he can't control sure, it sure totally and and and, and you know for when you look at so Rod Steiger plays the crazy intense general that that turns out to be right I like, love right? I love that character. he's amazing but what one little known fact this won't matter anymore in the age of like the hyper internet but this used to be a big deal. Uh, there was a time when people played a game called Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? So you were trying to connect Kevin Bacon to other actors, and it was before you could Google. So you were, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was a fun like film, you know, person game. Um, and th- I'll never forget there was a, a a weird statistical paper came out. It was something that like five thirty eight would do now, but it was way before them. And it said, you know, Kevin Bacon is not the center of the Hollywood universe. The actor who has the closest co- average connections of any actor who's ever lived in the entire history of Hollywood is Rod Steiger. He worked with more people. So like Kevin Bacon's average connection was like 3.2 and Rod Steiger was like 2.8 and he was like the only one in two or whatever. And the fact that this guy had done like a thousand films and worked with everyone you could name and no one knows who he is now, right? But when he shows up at Bars and Text, they're like, Rod Steiger act. He's like, he just does it. He's like George C. Scott in Dr. Strangelove and he was amazing. So I love this scene, especially when, uh, there, I forget what happened. There's a scene where someone, oh, the first lady agrees with him, and he like points to her. <laughs> it's like this childish, like, see, we should do it. <laughs> that scene, oh, that scene cracks me up. Right. Oh, there's so many. Uh, what else did I write here? I wrote down like a bunch of notes. Oh, the Joe Baker and Jack Black dynamic. Joe Don Baker's amazing. They, that oh, whole scene, dude. Amazing. Jack Black's hilarious. He is incredible. And that scene. And I always, I always forgot how comical. He's a runner. He was fast, dude. <laughs> when he runs, it's like it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the least manly run possible. It was Forrest Gump run. He was, he was literally running like Forrest Gump. It was Forrest Gump running. That whole scene is hilarious because like they, they set up that brother dynamic. Like you, it's just, you wouldn't expect that death. And when he holds up the gun and just like the cartridge drops. <laughs> I love that. It was incredible. Oh, that was the one note that I was telling you before we started filming. Um, yes. Because like I really like this this whole film mm-hmm. is like super stylistic and like it's totally. one of the it's probably the first reason why I like it. Yep. Um, one of the cool facts I saw from Amazon was that they um the jet the army uniforms were based off army uniforms from the 1950s. Mm. I don't know why I think that's so cool. No, that's super cool actually. Like all the, there's there's a lot of just like 
stylistic things that your eye picks up on this time. Like the the hippies really stood out to me this time because they're nowhere else in the film. That yeah, because <laughs> the whole film takes place in the, in the 90s. But when the aliens go to visit, it's just fucking hippies <laughs> everywhere. And that dude when he throws that tough. <laughs> The dub, the dub is amazing. I and, and just that whole confrontation scene where you think it's going okay. Like they're, we're basically a net bending in that scene. We're hoping it's all going to be fine and work out. We know it's not because it's Mars attacks. Right? Man, I'm, I'm the general, dude. I'm the, I'm, I'm the bald. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one guy. Well, but, and then it all goes to hell because of this dub. And I love Natalie Portman. Like maybe dubs mean war to them. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we don't know anything about them. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even got to do like this is what blows my mind about the cast we haven't even got to james bond right right okay as the scientist he is the perfect because this movie is like he was incredible as a scientist this movie is like a like a it's them with all the other cheesy day the earth stood still yes uh, cheesy stuff but pierce bronze wearing that stupid lab coat with the pipe is like my favorite aesthetic it, yeah. of the whole film like it's so cartoonish it's absolutely amazing i i love my I, least favorite is sarah jessica parker I, and I have nothing against her. I just found the character boring. I know it's like the iconic head on the dog thing, like whatever. But that's I, why Alex hates the film. That freaks her. That freaks her the fuck out. Yeah. And to our point about it being like actual some horror elements in this, it scared her so much she scarred from it still as a kid. You can get the Clive Barker fans to come over and watch the movie. (laughs) Why you get their body horror? (laughs) Cronenberg people come over. So yeah, that I mean that part. So can I tell you something? This. My, my one of my MVP things was Sylvia Sidney. Go ahead, tell me who that was in this movie. Sylvia Sidney. Yeah. Hold on, I was looking at the cast periodically. I know that Christina Applegate is in the film for a half second. Yes. But that woman that you're talking about. <laughs> so Sylvia Sidney is the caseworker in Beetlejuice, and oh. the grandma in this movie. I never. And she is just lit up from inside. And she was born in 1910. She starred with Cary Grant, Gary Cooper, Henry Fonda. I mean, she worked with everybody, won Oscars. Like, this is like this is the Angela Lansbury of this movie. And she's incredible. I'm still gathering my brains from me because I never made the connection that that was that, that's the caseworker. That was her. Right Holy us. shit! Right, like absolutely incredible. Yeah, because she's like lost. And Tim Burton. That is one of the things Mars I attack. really appreciate about both Tim Burton and David Lynch, and I feel like Tarantino has the same thing. What he did with John Travolta in Pulp Fiction is they take actors they know are great but have faded, and they just like re-energize them. That's why, like, it's so touching when you hear uh, Vincent Price in. Um, Beetlejuice, right? Right? Oh, Ever Scissor Hands. Ever Hands. Sorry, my Yeah. But that that's just bringing that kind of vibe to it. And and it's it's incredible that she she has so much energy. As a matter of fact, her her grandson, who like saves the day and gives that ridiculous mm-hmm. speech at the end, I just felt like he was like so no energy <laughs> at all for most of the movie. And then every time she would show up, the scene would light up, and it's that's the opposite of what you Yeah, be. he was. Like, he was. You could tell he was supposed to be like the plain Jane kind of like totally. you know, flat note. <laughs> totally. This is grandma's Which show, is, baby. That's grandma's show. Back out. Get out of the way from get, get away from Sylvia. Mm-mm. I'm trying to look at dude. It sucks about my handwriting as I look at it. And I go like, did you? <laughs> did you? Did like, you even try? Did you, we, we hit the red and green <laughs> skeletons. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah, and uh, so now let me just while you're scanning that thing, I just want to 
I for one second I want I want to hit this part about the music touch is genius, right? The, yodeling, the yodeling blows up the thing, right? And I was like, why does this movie have such carte blanche to be so insane? So I went and looked up the origins of Mars Attacks with Tops, with the Tops cards. Do you know this? Okay, so... I saw something about bubblegum and there was... Right, like so a, this okay. is where it comes from, is Tops, who did baseball cards and well, trading cards or whatever, way, mm-hmm. way back in the day. This is like picture Christmas story, like Annie... Oh, whatever was that thing? The the Dakota ring like thing? Oh, That's yeah, yeah, this yeah, yeah, era yeah. of thing, right? So, so, because this, so what's blowing my mind is that Tops released Mars Attacks in 64, which was when the Cuban Missile Crisis was happening. So the country was using Mars Attacks as therapy to deal with the fact that they were on the edge of nuclear Armageddon, which is incredible during the coronavirus time that Mars Attacks is now feeling relevant again when it was relevant to the near end of the world then as trading cards, right? So it started as trading cards. The art is fantastic. And then they released novels. And then when the Mars Attacks came out from Tim Burton, they released two novels along with it and included two vintage cards in each novel. So you found them when you bought the book, right? Wow. Which is just an incredible homage. But the fact that the DNA of this movie stems from... Cuban Missile Crisis, and we're talking about it during a pandemic is blowing my mind because I feel like Mars Attacks is just going to surface every time something bad happens. Yeah, it's just going to keep showing up like, like the Martian. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely mind-boggling. Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest because I was That's like, like the most interesting thing. Like incredible to me that this is where this comes from. Damn. This, this, is, this is a property based on cards, on, on, on collectible cards, not... You know, from whatever, and I'm trying to think of a more unlikely. My favorite origin story for a horror movie is Silver, Silver Bullet, right? Because it comes from that cycle of a werewolf oh, yeah, book yeah. that Stephen King did that was actually created as a calendar. It was going to be a calendar, right? So That's it was so January, cool. February, March. And the art for that amazing Bernie Wrightson. And I love that there's a movie that comes from a calendar because <laughs> that's like the most unlikely place. But this comes from cards, for God's sake. So, in the 60s. In the 60s. So I, I love it. I love everything about it where this movie came from, what it does, music effects, acting. It cast. still holds up. Like there's nothing there's not one thing I would change. Well, is there anything you didn't like? We gotta be honest with ourselves. Sarah Jessica Parker. I didn't like any of her character. I didn't like any so of her character quick. arc. I didn't like any of the I didn't like the interview flirting show and the weird chairs. I didn't like I didn't like a goddamn thing <laughs> about anything about that at all. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, no, that's, I was, that's, <laughs> that's cool. I would take a walk around the block. Come back. It makes me mad because everything else was so good. I, <laughs> but I did. Yeah, that, that whole thing annoyed me. And it was weird because it was one of the less gonzo elements in the movie. You would think, like, really the over-the-top... Like, Danny DeVito also annoyed me. It's not his fault. They just gave him nothing to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, Tom Jones, they gave him nothing to do, and he just comes in and nails it. Tom Jones Dude, was I love, incredible. I love when he's singing, and then he looks back and the aliens are the backup dancers. <laughs> like... This movie, is, this movie is hilarious. And his reaction was like, his reaction was so real. That's the thing is like, the thing is when you bring in people who aren't actors, because this is, I mean, I know this is absurd, right? But this is what like people like Brisson did. This is people like, like literal film people would bring in non-actors to get that realistic, like, you know, there's a whole school called realism, right? So Tom Jones comes in and everyone else is acting over the top. And these aliens come behind him and he turns around and he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I think the first thing he says after that, he busts through the door and he tells everyone, there's Martians. 
absolutely incredible. It shouldn't work. No, he's he's absolutely amazing. And the whole plane escape sequence, all that, all that stuff is. And that's the thing is, we're sitting here in coronavirus era, and I feel like I have more faith in grandma, grandson, Tom Jones, and Jim Brown for sure to save me from coronavirus than I have for the people trying to save me from coronavirus. Like I want this group of people in charge. I would feel a lot better and it'd be way more entertaining. It would be way more entertaining. I mean, in, in not their defense, the world is pretty much wiped out when they're giving their, <laughs> their end speech. I mean, there's a mariachi band. <laughs> I like how they, they don't show the crowd, but one dude goes, can you speak up? <laughs> And I love his weird, awkward last. I mean, it's literally one of the very last lines of the movie. Shout out to people living in teepees. I was like, what a random, what a random note to end. He's like, I think it'd be pretty cool. All right. Sure, we'll give it a shot. I think it'd be pretty cool. But this movie like predate, like it predates independence day and all these other movies where i just felt like what i I felt like i saw a lot of this movie's dna in other things that i've seen since right and i didn't expect it because i thought this was just like this crazy one-off the fun thing that everyone would just forgot as soon as it was it was it was over but i feel like this movie was sort of influential uh which is which is incredible i mean yeah it's pretty goddamn good it should be <laughs> it should be right <laughs> and tim burton was was one of the most in-demand you know directors in in hollywood during that whole but during that era he's got so many good films like i think when you name your favorite it's you have to find like the occasional hipster that'll put mars attacks in the top three because usually it's gonna be like beetlejuice batman right i wouldn't even put it in the top three but i would put it in my i would put it in my top three of of where would you spoof, what's your rank okay. spoof sci-fi horror i would put it number one well, that, well it's probably the only one in that no one. no there's a lot yeah, of Gal- well, you got galaxy no. quest <laughs> right well, well that'd be a good double feature oh shit there's, i think that'd be pretty good okay but hold on since we're on tim in burton, the tim burton what's your top three tim burton's i'm, I'm curious off the top of your head do you hard. know off the top of your head i don't but i'm gonna like walk through it so i know right. batman returns probably yes. number number one i agree then i'm going in beetlejuice wouldn't agree there, but God. What? I, oh, I like Beetlejuice, but I just don't think it's... I, I, you don't think it's top three? Not at all. I Actually, I had never seen Sweeney Todd before. I met you, and I like Sweeney Todd more oh, than Beetlejuice. <laughs> right? And yeah. I like Sleepy Hollow Okay, but if I did Batman Returns... Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I got the headless fucking horseman over there. And a headless horseman That's candle. what I'm saying. Is I, I, don't, I love Beetlejuice. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't think... But Mars Attack would I be in that top three. And, and in Beetlejuice's defense, it, 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 it's oversaturated. Like, I, I've definitely seen Beetlejuice more than I've seen Sleepy Hollow. Not through choice, just because, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. see it with a friend. I'll get dragged to an outdoor cinema. Mars Attack, great. Mars Attack's not top three. <laughs> right. No, no, it's not. I don't That's think... That's proven it, our point. I, that I, it's I like, know. doesn't get enough love like it should. Right, right. I don't think it's top three, but I... I I definitely think that, you know, it, it's so here. Here's the thing. There's a special category of movie where even ranking it almost doesn't count. Right. Yeah. So like Vertigo for a long time 
wasn't even in the top five of anyone's Hitchcock. Right. And that's from a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons, there were a lot of times, there was a whole span of years where no one even saw Vertigo for, for copyright or estate reasons, right? So there is, it's Weird. a little bit unfair, but there, there I, I know. <laughs> strange. I know, but the, at some point, the, you, you, it's so outside the realm of the other things. Like Hitchcock never did anything else like Vertigo. Right. He did other things that were like other things, lesser or more or whatever. Like, right. in, in, there, I wouldn't say that Rear Window makes me feel like Rear, rear Window doesn't feel like uh, like Hitchcock never did anything else like Rear Window. Rear Window feels like the perfection of whatever that branch of Hitchcock is. Right? Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Right. Just like the birds is the perfection of Alfred Hitchcock, like, you know, uh, hor- like full on horror, right? Because Psycho is not full on horror. Psycho's thriller horror, right? It's got a lot of thriller right. elements. But Birds, Birds is horror. I mean, it's literally supernatural, possibly, you know. Did you see that thing. video on Twitter of like crows attacking people? Attacking I, did, I, did, I did. We posted it. Dude, it's <laughs> funny because I would always like look at the birds. I'm like, yeah, it looks scary, but like. Well, how much can they do? Birds. Right? And then I saw a video and I was like, oh, they fucking. They can also apparently cause the end of the world if they attack a Martian. So, That's true. <laughs> right? Because the Martians hate them. Very true. But anyway, I digress because the point is that this movie isn't like anything else in Tim Burton's work or anyone yeah. else's really. <laughs> right? Because even when you said Galaxy Quest, it made sense to me, but then it doesn't but make it sense. But it does make sense. Right. I thought the same thing. Right. But Mars it's... Attacks is, it stands alone. It's its own thing. It's the only movie based on playing cards that I can think of. <laughs> And it's a masterpiece, for sure. Full stop. Just go rewatch it. <laughs> so go rewatch it. It's that simple. It's, it's that it's simple. simple. But yeah, and it, it's honestly, it's weird. I know that it's weird, but I'm telling you, I all of us, everyone that's been in lockdown, we, like you said, we've been in lockdown six weeks. Everyone's consuming more TV and movies. Everyone's watching more things than they used to. I, mm-hmm. I read somewhere some insane like twenty three million people, new people signed up for Netflix in the first two weeks of the pandemic, Oof. right? Some ridiculous stat. So oh, we're all holy. consuming a bunch of stuff. And I've seen a lot of things since the pandemic started. And this is one of the most therapeutic things I've seen because it deals with disaster and you get to watch society grapple with disaster and the politics of it and the lying and all the things that, you know, whatever. But it's also hilarious. So you can't, you know, it's the it's the most entertaining possible version of this because you go watch you watch something like Geostorm, right? The only right, the only reason Geostorm is funny is unintentionally because it's so bad, right? But it's therapeutic in the terms of just watching people deal with a triumph over a disaster or whatever. But this movie knows exactly what it is. It's by one of our greatest directors. We'll call it the the Mars Attack Vacation Package. Agreed. Oh, that's a great. We should put that together. We should put that together. Put that It'll together. just be a DVD of <laughs> Mars Attacks. But let us know what you think of Mars Attacks. Let us know what you think of each individual cast member if you have a couple days to write comments. Do that as a iTunes <laughs> review. Go down oh, and God. then so then like just be like Glenn close. <laughs> Three out of ten. Love the Shane Lucy. Natalie Portman. <laughs> the pizza they gave her did not look that great for being pizza from the White House. Jack Nicholson. Oh, you'd have to do two of them because he's the president in Ireland. Then Martin Short. Pierce Brosnan, Jim Brown, Pam Grier. It's a lot. And you that's should Benning. do this. You were, that's Fuck amazing that. that's that you just off the top of your head. I, you good. know, I could have kept going. It makes me sad that we didn't talk about Glenn Close. She was also amazing. Well, there we go. We just did. I love the Glenn Close Jack Nicholson. I love when they defend themselves from Lisa Marie in the bedroom. That scene was hilarious because Jack Nicholson kicks up ass. And that's another trope, like ass-kicking American presidents. <laughs> 
That's my I, right? I, I, literally, like we have, what was the Harrison Ford play? Air Force One was one, right? Like, and then you have, there in all the Has Fallen series, inevitably the president has to like pick up a gun. Eric Eckhart, I think, is the president. That's pretty, that's pretty metal. Now, <laughs> pretty metal. president. But, <laughs> and then to watch Jack Nicholson just like fly, like whatever. And then Glenn Close, you know, go up to hug him and then be like, <laughs> and then look down at the marshal. Like, <laughs> like, Disgusting. Amazing. All right, well, we go got see. Glenn Close then. Yeah. All right. Until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Watch uh, War of the Roses and Glenn Close movies. Bye. <laughs> Bye.